Okay, so there's another part to this story. But before I tell it to you, I've got to back up a little bit. So when I was just starting to work on this episode, I was having a lot of trouble getting people from the Imperium to talk to me. The ones who would were super cagey. I definitely can't talk about that. I think a bunch of them thought I was a spy. And there are a lot of spies in EVE Online, so it's understandable. Still, I was getting a little worried, because the Imperium players who did agree to talk to me kept delaying our interviews. Like we'd have one scheduled for Friday, and they wouldn't show, and then they'd push it back till the next weekend, and that would happen a couple times. I knew I wanted to tell Violet's story, and I couldn't really do that without their help. And then one morning I woke up to a message from a player saying that something huge had happened in the game. And that was when everything changed. Because it turned out the folks who had been delaying their interviews with me had been doing it for a reason. They had been planning a secret operation against CO2, the group that betrayed them during the casino war. They were waiting to talk until it was all done. And all of a sudden I found myself in a press conference with goonsworn people and a bunch of gaming journalists. It turned out the whole thing had been planned and executed in Iceland, in the offices of the developers of EVE, CCP. Alright, before we start, just a little review. Goonswarm are the leaders of the Imperium, a massive and powerful group within EVE. During the Casino War, they took advantage of their coalition, and their strongest ally, CO2, betrayed them and flipped sides. If they had treated us the right way, we would probably have gone down together with Goons. Um, but Goons didn't. CO2 is a mostly Serbian alliance of 5,000 players. When they flipped sides, the Imperium was defeated and banished to the south. Being within the Imperium, where you've held that space in the north for, I don't know, five years, maybe six years, basically uncontested, it's just, it's the fall of Rome, basically. We're pretty happy with the place we put them in. They can do whatever they want down there. We don't really care that much about it. Okay, you're listening to Wesper. Today's episode, Space Diplomacy, Part 3. The Imperium Strikes Back. Uh, we have time, maybe, well, we don't actually have time, but I'm going to make time for a few questions for the, for the goon uh, person. <laughs> um, is it true that the intention of the goon swarms is to break Eve? That is quite an interesting question. I think it's a mischaracterization based on statements that we made where, I, I mean, the bottom line is ourselves, just like you, or just like most of the people sitting in this room, gain our joy from blowing your shit up. It, it, nothing makes me happier than you going to a station, buying a ship, and do 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 I'm going to go fly my ship. <laughs> and you, maybe you'll take some screenshots of you kind of dot, undocking. <laughs> and, you know, you can do some cinematic cannons and whatever. Nothing makes me happier than when you're so happy with that ship blowing it up. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, the, the idea that people have is that we are out to destroy the game, I think is, is what was put to us. But I think that quote is kind of taken out of context. Um, at the end of the day, our goal is to destroy your game. The beginning of this story is essentially when CO2 backstabbed us. So I wasn't really around uh, during that period. I had a life change in my career. I'd gotten promoted to a position where I was consumed by work 
uh, you know, working 14, 16, 20 hour days it, it, for you know, weeks on end. It was crazy. And that was a, right around the time before the war got serious, basically. Uh, but allies were shitty. We had bent over backwards for these fucking shit lords. No one's ever betrayed us like this. So that's the like CO2. So for us to bend over backwards like that and them, them backstab us, like, oh, now it's on. When I came back and I saw like all the bullshit we went through and the financial stuff, I'm like, oh, if I ever get a shot, I'm going to take it. Flying up to Iceland was surreal in multiple ways. Reykjavik and the, the island of Iceland in general is breathtakingly beautiful. Being elected to serve as a representative on a player council for a video game and travel to Iceland for a week in order to advise the company was just an all-around surreal experience. Like, I still remember the winning the election was quite possibly one of the giddiest moments I've ever experienced. It was just fucking wild. There are very few moments where you aren't reminded that you were on a little island in the North Atlantic. You know, the wind is howling in off the coasts. We got the occasional glimpse of the northern lights from the top of the hotel that we were staying at. Subarctic landscapes, long nights, and howling windstorms. It is beautiful. Imagine the game Clue where they're all in the mansion together. It's kind of like that. You're in an Arctic hellhole with shitty food together. Like, you have nothing better to do than drink and eat, like, the good food you can find. And then you got someone like me that saddles up to you and inserts my penis in your ear. Well, you can see how shit goes down. I don't know if necessarily awestruck is the right word for when I first walked into CCB headquarters and went upstairs to a conference room. Uh, impressed, you know, a little bit awe-inspired mostly just a, a sort of surreal nature of the fact that I've been playing this game for so long and now is finally here in the physical space where all the magic happens. So, it was, you know, it was a Monday morning, early, all of us were jet-lagged. We walk into CCP headquarters, head up a flight of stairs into the office proper, walk down a long hallway, take a left, end of the hallway, there's a conference room, and, you know, it's a whole bunch of us, as well as a large number of CCP employees all sitting at a sizable conference table, by the end of the day, cups of coffee and orange juice and the like piled everywhere. You're all there all day long, eight to five. We were in that conference room, different members of CCP, you know, as parts of different development teams filtering in and out. So every year in EVE, they have an election, and the players of EVE elect 10 people to represent them. The winners of the election are flown to Iceland for a week, where they represent EVE's 500,000 players to the developers. This group is called the CSM, or Council of Stellar Management. So a lot of people who get under the CSM will get on because a major alliance sponsors them and puts them on their ballot, and then many, many people inside that alliance vote for them. Aerith, to use the popular example, was the person at the top of the Goonswarm ballot for the CSM elections. And obviously, as a result of that, he's basically guaranteed an in because, you know, if, even if a third of Goonswarm puts him at the top of their ballot, that's thousands of votes. In the fall of 2017, Goonswarm had two CSM representatives. 
So I'm Aerith, I'm a first wave goon. CO2, the group that betrayed Goonswarm during the war, had one. I'm the judge, head diplomat of Circle of Two, also a member of the Council of Stellar Management in EVE Online. Oh, I knew I was going to f- try to flip Judge really early, like with it the first summit, like the first summit of the last term. It went from, you know, zero to 60 at the first summit around schmoozing because we actually generally liked him. Like he was a decent dude and he didn't have dumb ideas. Like his ideas were generally good for Null. So we naturally got along with him. We would discuss things with him. We'd bounce ideas off each other. So we tried to collaborate a little bit. The ulterior motive, like we we were honestly interested in collaborating, but the ulterior motive, because you always have an ulterior motive if you're goon leadership, we always do, is the, hey, I want to see if I can get more soft intelligence from this guy. He was part of a hostile group. Um, we did want to see if he would reveal things about CO2, which he did. Like he... Not in a, hey, I want to tell you some things way, just things we could pull out of them during regular conversation that seemed innocuous, but was really us ferreting information out of them, uh, just milking the sores. He probably didn't realize, or if he did realize, he probably didn't care. Like he didn't feel like it was something that was damaging to his alliance or or him or whatever. So he didn't have a problem sharing it. So I think sometimes he may have realized what was happening. That was Summit 1 and kind of into Summit 2, or halfway into 2. Summit 2, it kind of... Uh, I, I tried to kick it into a little bit higher gear. And at that point, we were thinking more like coup, like a total coup somehow, where like maybe Judge takes over or Gigex retires and he takes over, just something like that. We weren't really planning the big, you know, snatch and grab and decapitation yet because we didn't have any sense for what Judge would be willing to do in the long run, even if he did flip. When we got back from the second summit, um, we'd gotten a lot of intel during that summit from him. You know, things that were much more tactical, uh, things that could be potentially exploited uh, if you you know seized upon them or thought them through or had the logistics to do so. We had our, our claws in the judge a little bit. He was amenable to the way we play the game. I, I think he knew that we were playing it at a level that GigX was clearly not playing it at. And he wanted some out but he was never really ready to betray at that point so i knew coming home from the second summit that we had something and i i advocated you know to the other very senior leadership of goonswarm that you know we had something here like this was something that was going to develop so we had kind of laid the groundwork for making sure that when the summer summit came up we would be ready i had drawn up a, a plan of attack and I went on this really long rant uh, in our senior leadership channel outlining the plan. And everyone was horrified because they felt it was too aggressive. But Mittens had been advocating for a very slow approach, don't go hard. And I was advocating for, like, go hard, create urgency. It's kind of sales 101, create urgency. And I wanted to, to appeal to his sense of truth. All of everyone else was against this approach. They thought it was too aggressive it would scare him away it took three summits total from start from the meeting him to flipping him it helped that gigax went nuts during the summit like he was abusive and shit and like trying to blame him for shit and wrecked their whole coalition like the timing couldn't have been better he did me a huge favor
On behalf of Iceland Air, we wish you a safe and pleasant journey. If you're judge and you see that's happening and you're the head diplo, you realize like your CEO just basically told your closest ally to go fuck themselves. Um, so he was pretty upset about that. Uh, it was gig X being gig X and judge is always having to clean up gig X's mess. Um, and then gig X will slap him around for the pleasure, right? Like that's just gig X. I, you know, I see this and, and we're watching him and nominate and I from a distance, like we're trying to keep, we know what's happening and he's some sort of talking to us about what's happening. Cause he, he knows we know. And it's like, he knows, we know, he knows, we know type thing. But it's like a fart in an elevator. Like, I know you're going through some shit, so I'm not going to fuck with you. But hey, let's talk. And then the coalition essentially dissolves and decides to shoot CO2. And you can see, we, we saw in real time, like how that impacted the judge. Like, because he had built all of that, essentially. And to watch it all pissed away. And he's stuck in Iceland with very little ability to participate in it. Um, and he was talking on his phone constantly, like texting on his phone, trying to do something, trying to get GigX to do take another path, but he couldn't. Um, GigX just ignored him, and, and in some cases blamed him for this stuff when it was completely not his fault. Like, this is all GigX. And we pounced. We waited for the dinner. Like, CCP throws a really nice dinner one night for each summit. It's, like, usually a very high-end restaurant for Iceland. Really good food. And it's one long table. So a few devs show up. And the players show up. I think the devs are really regulated because it seems like their numbers, only certain ones can come to keep the price down or something. So it's kind of a cool thing. I knew that this was my chance, like that night. And so I had discussed the plan in the hotel before we went to the restaurant. So I had you know, talked about everyone in the Star Chamber, uh, made sure we had all our ducks in a row, um, reiterated what I was going to do. And again, everyone thought, at first, like, it's too aggressive, but then, you know, they were just kind of like, well, he's going to do what he's going to do. So we get to the restaurant, and it's me, probably all of the CSM, and, like, two devs. So I made sure I knew I needed to isolate Judge for this dinner, um, because I needed to be able to have and dominate his talk time in his ear, because this was my last shot, really. There's usually one more day and you fly home. So I knew this would be basically the last time I would get to, to schmooze him for the summit, which would be another six months, which is far too late and after the patch and whatever. So I said, hey, sit here in the corner for arm space or something. I made up some dumb excuse. So he sat at the very end of the table in the corner. I made sure a nominate. I directed him in front of judge to judge's right, essentially in, in front of me. And then CCP Nagwal directly across from the judge. So he had one CCP dev to talk to, who was a newer dev, so he didn't have a lot of knowledge of the game. But I originally had picked him because I thought, well, he doesn't know a lot about Eve because he's new to Eve, so he won't have a lot to talk about Eve, so he won't be that interesting in talking, so he won't take up my conversation. So he would monopolize time I needed for the judge. Judge had very little options to talk to, but he was pretty despondent at this point. I mean, he'd been abused for you know, a week at this point almost. He had, you know, washed all this bull. I mean, he, you could see that it was affecting him emotionally to some degree. Like it was messing with his head. And then the drinks came and I made sure he had a little drink in. And then I went to work. My tact, I changed it at the last minute. Rather than coming at directly at judge with the truth, what I did was this. And, and later we thought this was genius. 
I turn to see Spignagual and I go, hey, would you like to see the metagame tonight? And he goes, yeah, I'd love to. And I said, okay, watch. And I basically started outlining everything that had happened for the last year and mostly what had happened for the last week during the summit of Gigax, the behavior of all these trees, everything. I basically laid it all out, like rehashing every dirty little wound that Gigax had done for the last few days. Brought them all up in excruciating detail where Judge was having to listen to it. And he just looked at the table most of the time. CCP was entranced because they didn't know these things. They don't see this part of the game. Something, it's an unfortunate part of them not being able to play at a high level. I do this for probably 30 straight minutes, rehashing everything. And I outline Judge's position. And I'd be like, what you need to understand about Judge is that he's in the unenviable position of being the head diplomat for a raging psychopath with no impulse control. Furthermore, that psychopath will then blame you for everything when he does it. Uh, And so this went on for probably an hour with Judge saying very, very little. Every now and then I'd say, Judge, am I right? And he would say yes. Like he, he would verify that Everything I was saying was accurate, but he wouldn't. He didn't want to participate, Yuso, and I didn't have to have him participate. I was explaining all this to the CCP dev. Judge isn't dumb. Like, he's a metagamer. He understood what was occurring. He just let it happen because he was done, I think, at that point, mentally, with all the abuse. So it was an indirect way, a non-threatening way, to outline the entire situation so that we could talk about possible chess moves arriving you know in a better situation and very early on i said you know you come into goons and he goes yeah but i've just got too much invested in co2 and when he said that i knew i had him that was the moment i knew i could get him for sure like he was 99 percent there because at that point in his head he's already decided he'll flip or he's willing to we're just negotiating at that point and I said, well, you know, how, how much would you need? He goes, well, if I could keep the keep and I got everything else, I'd probably be about break even what I put in it. I said, oh, well, what if we pay you full price for the keep? And once I said that, it was done, I think. I mean, he was basically in his head. You could see it. That was it. That was the clincher. The $300 billion for the keep to make him whole to get his court money to have SRP and to have a future so he could help his people that was it he was done everything after that was just like foreplay before the event you know planning logistics like he he didn't give me an answer then he didn't give me an answer for days but I knew what the answer was I was staying in Iceland a few days longer than everyone else So I sat with it and thought about it. I really thought about it on the flight home from Iceland. And after that, nothing really moved for a while, for about a week and a half. We kept this extremely secret to only the top 13 or so. Like the very top leadership is basically coven size. Only they knew until maybe two weeks ago. Maybe not even that, like a week ago. He told me Sunday night that he might go early. Uh, and then he kind of, I think the 9-11 thing came just from Judge. Like, he thought that'd be a cool gesture. Vile Rat was a goon swarm directorate with Sean Smith, who was killed in Benghazi on 9-11. 
So it's like a special day for us. Everything lined up well enough, both from my side and from the Goonswarm side, that we were able to hit this right on the nose, right on the day. You have to have a checklist, it has to have a priority order, and you only have an hour. He went off and he did his homework. He planned every step. He knew what they had, he knew where they had it. He made his little jump clones uh, so he could move quickly. He made characters spread out so he could transfer quickly. Uh, and he knew if he secured the keep right off, there was nothing they could do. They couldn't lock him on hangers anymore. Giggs had only just gone to bed when I'd got on. Um, I, I was watching to see if he was inactive. So I jumped on TeamSpeak. I checked with my admin privileges to see how long he'd been idle. Jumped on Discord, saw that he was idle on there too. The very first thing I did was cancel the corp contracts for SRP. There was a number of capitals on contract from the Boca Mafia Corp. I canceled those contracts. So the next step was obviously empty the Satoyo hangers, which netted quite a bit of money. I then, instead of flying to the Keepstar, I was worried that I wouldn't have enough time if someone had noticed. Uh, so I jump cloned to the Keepstar, which then meant empty the Keepstar hangers, empty the corp deliveries in the Keepstar. A Keepstar is a player built station. Uh, it's essentially a Death Star if you think of Star Wars. It's the most formidable uh, force in EVE, it's the safest place to be. You know, as soon as I transferred the Keepstar, people started freaking out because it's a highly used structure. People were saying they couldn't dock. Then people went, oh, it's transferred to another Corp in CO2, maybe it's just a mistake. And then, uh, obviously, it ended up being transferred to Goonswarm about 15 minutes later. And the pin dropped and everyone understood what had happened. This Keepstar was their capital. They had everything in it. They had all their supers, all their titans, all their subcaps, all their people, all their ready ships. Like this was the hub. So they had everything stuck in here. If he secured the keep right off, there was nothing they could do. They couldn't lock him on hangers anymore. Uh, and, they and there would be no one that could stop him except GigX, which is what ended up happening as they started paging GigX. So I was, I mean, well, I was sleeping only two and a half hours, and, uh, but while I hear an SMS, I was thinking people were calling me to well, talk with me, but I ignored that, and then there, there was a phone call that uh, basically goons are coming. I'm always sleeping with laptop, I mean, laptop is close to me, so when they call me, I immediately just put headphones and just turn on side because the laptop was there. First, I didn't believe that those things are happening. I mean, when I came to to hear from them what's going on, it was impossible to understand because there was 20, 30 people talking at the same time. And then when I saw that he's not responding well, basically, and then I started being mad and telling many things in that moment, of course. So he basically threatened, I mean, he did it like three or four different times across different mediums. He basically like threatened to kill the judge or cut his hand. He threatened to kill him once, cut off his hands and like something else. On 
the live stream of the Alliance chat that I had up after this all happened, he made a few threats. Uh, one was that he was going to cut off my hands and that I need to watch out. Uh, in private, he told me uh, that he would be going to the next CSM meeting in Iceland and that I will need protection. Some people are saying that he threatened to cut off his hands. I don't believe I've seen a quote of anything like that. I think the only thing he had said was that, you know, use your hands while you can. We were sort of discussing the fact that uh, that GigX had said some things in the stream there, and uh, I didn't get to see like all of them. You know, I saw some of them. I saw the Twitch chat that Judge is running. Uh, you know, kind of laid up with it, and apparently yeah. he has said some things that you know have probably crossed the line for CCP. Um, we'll find definitely out. Definitely crossed the line. Yeah, he'll yeah. be like, holy shit. Uh, thank you guys very much, uh, especially GigX. I know this is rare for you, uh, Faefer. Thanks for coming back. And well. Yeah. I think I'm just permanently banned. Did you just get banned? Yeah. Hold on a second. Just when we thought that <laughs> apparently, what time is it in fucking Iceland? Look, Jesus we're not, we're not quitting. We're going another few minutes now. Uh, Gigax, yeah, he, I mean, he reacted poorly, there's no question about it, you know, 12, 14, I don't know how many years working to develop this alliance, and he literally just lost everything, so. Guys, needless to say, the next, this has been pretty tough in the next couple of days, the waiting, the waiting's going to be the toughest. A lot of us are going to want to make contingency plans on what to do with our corp. What if gigs doesn't get unbanned? What will we do with CO2 then? Who will lead it? Or will we all go our separate ways? All valid questions, all that we want to have answers for right now. And although some of us have an ideas of what some of that might turn into, um, obviously there's nothing has been um, set in stone yet. I mean, when someone uh, wake up and you stand and see that uh... All the things that you were building for 14 years in this game were just deleted by uh, by one member that uh, you were fully trusted him and um, playing with him for the last five years. I'm pretty much sure that um, this alliance, I mean, it's going to disband if I'm not on it. I mean, personally, I really want someone to replace me who wants, but I didn't hear anyone trying to take that role. Well, 13 years in a row, I mean, uh, uh, playing a game for, let's say, 12 to 16 hours per day, every day, and leading all those things. Well, I was sad and I was really under stress because there was a couple of uh, people, they were coming to me and also crying to me, and that's what really stressed me. I mean, someone is uh, so uh, emotional about game and what happened to to them after so many, uh, so much playing this game together. People were really emotional and that also hit me in that moment. Well, especially after they find out that I was banned, they were also emotional and there was a lot of crying. Even the people that uh, some people from me never expect to hear something about those guys, there were also, there was also tears. 
I almost cried when I was uh, leading the final meeting after a couple of days and when I told them that uh, I will basically go on uh, some kind of vacation and uh, that they want me to go into some other uh, into some other alliances and uh, be there till we one day reform again. I tell people everyone's got to have especially if you're like you know working a really stressful job a lot you have to have a hobby you have to have a blow off out some people do woodworking some people fucking do yoga other people fish uh i inflict suffering upon thousands of people in online games oh headshot he says that's what we do we a lot of us are here for the suffering of people that aren't of our tribe that's why i'm I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be like all dreamy about it. Uh, they wanted their revenge. If there was one person within leadership that could be turned, um, it was Judge. It's payback. It's vengeance, right? It's revenge. Uh, it's catharsis. Uh, it let me participate in the Great War with, even though I couldn't originally, like I got my head in and it was a fucking headshot. Maybe it's not in every enemy of that war, but it's on the most important one. Why does it make me happy? I enjoy inflicting suffering on others in my gaming. Better than real life. I'm in a pretty shitty feeling. Um, the worst part is obviously the the friendships that aren't going to um, survive this. But, you know, that's just sort of something that I went into it knowing. That's all right. I'm just jumping around to uh, different stations, just looking at what's in these ships. My, I'm, I'm just docked in this Toyo at the moment. And uh, this is the, the smallest container I'm looking at is 197 billion. For more than a decade, our people have been hunted. We are not like the rest of the galaxy. We refuse to play this game by the rules of our enemies. Now it is time for us to hunt those who once hunted us. Today, we strike north. I do assure you that everyone who we are going to be hitting in this conflict was directly involved in the casino war and that there will be vengeance and, uh, that they're assholes. Just a few weeks ago, the Imperium left the south and came north, looking for revenge. A huge fleet of ships met them up there, and so began the largest battle in the history of Eve. Thousands of players and a million dollars worth of ships. All right, thousands of people around the world are prepping right now for an entirely crazy video game battle. 
And if this virtual fight plays out as some expect, there's more than a million dollars in real money at stake. This game is called EVE Online. Players invest in building and creating fleets of ships that exist in EVE's virtual universe. And as we speak, those fleets are heading into battle. To help us make some sense of all this, I'm joined by one fleet commander. We've reached Taylor Crockett in Nashville. Taylor, help us understand this, because I, I think a lot of people... You've reached the end of the episode. I'm Lauren. This episode is produced and edited by Jack Rogers. If you like what you heard, you can go to westbird.org and subscribe. Um, if you really like what you heard today and you want to hear some more, I would suggest going to westbird.org and subscribing. Um, a lot of good content that is constantly being pushed out there. Um, if you like what you heard, you can go to westbird.org and subscribe to hear more. Thank you for listening. I couldn't see to the quiet of the sun.